This episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast is brought to you by Shiny Side Up. Join the Shiny Side Up team for a very special live stream event on the 10th of April for a chance to win your share of over $8,000 worth of prizes. We'll be joined by some awesome local and international motorcycling experts such as Chaotic Blonde, Sam McCafferty, Andrew Stroud, Kevin Williams, Dr. Chris Huron, Jay Reeve and Charlie Borman. Shiny Side Up Online, April 10th, 2022. Proudly brought to you by Ride Forever, ACC, Waka Kotahi New Zealand Transport Agency and MSAC. For more information, check out the Shiny Side Up Facebook page or shinysideup.co.nz. And thanks for supporting Kiwi Rider Podcast. And welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray Heron. Great to have you along. If you're brand new to the podcast, please do hit that subscribe button. Helps uh, other people find the show, and we hope you enjoy. Coming up later in the show, we're going to catch up with another real Kiwi Rider. I've got some new kit. We're going to have a first look at our Cardo Freecom X and Spirit lines. But first, let's get into the news. And first story in the news, the Gas Gas MC450 gets the Supermoto treatment. Gas Gas is at it again with an all-new project to test the versatility of the brand's MC450F platform. This time the focus is an all-out attack on tarmac corners with the MC450F Supermoto project. Gas Gas is clearly looking to expand its presence in the market and after successfully creating a flat track bike with the MC450, the Spanish but Austrian-owned brand is now set has now set its sights on the Supermoto discipline. Showcasing its latest OEM accessories, Gas Gas transformed the MC450F motocrosser into a Supermoto weapon as something that aspiring Supermoto racers can get themselves if they happen to like the idea of getting on the gas. In stock trim, the MC450F is an awesome motocross machine, but our curiosity got the better of us, they said in a press release and we decided to fully transform one into a fully-fledged supermoto. We began with the essentials, a specific wheel set and tyres, stronger brakes and shortened suspension, which are all readily available from the Gas Gas technical accessories range. The final components were then added to make this a true supermoto, another project bike completed. Since coming under the ownership of KTM, Gas Gas has seen a lot of investment across the board in bringing the brand up to date, not only in the latest in modern technology thanks to the use of KTM's models as a base, but it has also seen the brand move into segments that it has never previously had a foothold in. After the Supermoto build, it appears Gas Gas has its sights next set on big bore enduro bikes with reports of a road-going ES700 Enduro and an SM700 Supermoto, both based off the same platform, the KTM 690 Enduro and Husqvarna 701. More details and photos is up at onthrottle.co.nz. Husqvarna Factory Racing has launched a docu-series on YouTube, introducing Grit and Grind, a Rockstar Energy Husqvarna Factory Racing docu-series, Husqvarna Motorcycles, in collaboration with Rockstar Energy, has launched a five-part docu-series dubbed Grit and Grind on YouTube. 
The docu-series highlights the dynamic Rockstar Energy Husqvarna factory racing team chronicling the highs and lows of competing in the 2022 AMA Supercross Championship. From seasoned veterans to team newcomers, the series offers a behind-the-scenes look at the sport's elite athletes as they battle for glory on the global stage. Featuring five full episodes, Grit and Grind focuses on each of the team's five team members slash riders, Malcolm Stewart, Jellock Swall, RJ Hemsphere, Dean Wilson, and Stylius Robertson, and their individual stories. Kicking off with Malcolm Stewart, the newest team member of the team's 450cc roster, Episode 1 showcases the Florida native's journey as he enters an all-new team, training program, and outlook for 2022. Nearly halfway into the season, Stewart has battled his way into title contention, and the behind-the-scenes perspective is a can't-miss opportunity for race fans around the world. More details on the new Grit and Grind series from Rockstar Energy Husqvarna Factory Racing is up at onthrottle.co.nz. A few months ago, we broke the story regarding Cardo and their new Spirit and Freecom X lines, and you can read the story at motonz.com forward slash new hyphen Cardo hyphen comms. Good news, though, we've finally got these brand new devices in our hot little hands. I've got a Freecom X2 Duo and a Spirit HD Duo. Brilliant. And first impressions, Cardo have done a very good job modernizing these two offerings. Both are completely waterproof, both charge via USB. Cardo offers periodic firmware updates and both of these units now update over the year. Meaning, instead of taking them inside and plugging them into your computer, you now have an app on your phone and when you connect the unit via Bluetooth to your phone, it pushes the update to the Cardo, which is a very handy system and saves a lot of time. Let's first have a look at the Freecom X2 Duo. The Freecom X2 Duo can connect to one other Freecom via its live intercom system, which is still Bluetooth, but it's now a self-healing network, similar to the Pactalk Bold's DMC. The Freecom X2 has a range of around 800 meters line of sight, according to the box, meaning you and a mate can get your freak on in the twisties, and if you do lose contact, you'll automatically reconnect when you catch up at the other end of the canyon. There's also a Freecom X4 available, which can connect to four other units. Deciding between the X2 or the X4 is simple. It comes down to how many riders you're planning on riding with, and if you find yourself riding with more riders than usual, but you've only got the uh, X2, you can use one of the two mobile phone peering channels and peer via standard Bluetooth 5.0. However, remember, this is not a self-healing network, so if you do drop out, you'll likely have to redo the Cardo dance again when you catch up. This does, however, mean that you can connect to a rival brand's intercom unit if you find yourself riding with a mate who has no taste in quality gear. The Freecom X line now makes use of the JBL speakers and sound profiles that have been available uh, for the last year or so with the big brother unit, the Talk Bold. The Cardo Freecom X2 is completely waterproof, as I mentioned, which uh, is something that none of the other Intercom brands can say. The Freecom X also now comes with the JBL speakers, as I mentioned, uh, and a whole bunch of extra bits and bobs in the box, as we've come to expect from Cardo. They really do make uh, installing these units on pretty much any helmet very, very easy. 
The Spirit HD Duo, let's have a quick look at some of the features from the brand new entry-level offering from Cardo. The Spirit HD, firstly being the entry-level intercom, uh, the features match its price and place in the range. It's a two-way intercom with a claimed range of around 600 metres line of sight, but this is really more likely to be three to 500 metres. Um, I would probably say best for rider to pillion communications. The Spirit HD comes equipped with Cardo's own 40mm HD speakers and boasts 13 hours of battery life, also utilising the USB and fast charging capabilities. Similar to the Freecom, the Spirit HD has over-the-air updates. Uh, so once connected to the Cardo app on your phone, it uh, uses one of the two Bluetooth channels and... Uh, you can use the other one for the likes of phone, GPS, or a rival intercom brand if you find yourself in that situation. Physically, holding both the Spirit HD and the Freecom X2 in my hand, they feel like solid little units. They feel, they feel quality. The buttons are rubberized and feel very solid. They protrude quite a bit, enough to feel them through thick gloves. And one other thing I did notice is that both units, uh, the USB-C is only covered by a little rubber flap. It doesn't seem to lock at all. So I wonder how water or dustproof it's actually going to be. But with that in mind, I'm not completely schooled up on how the USB socket deals with the elements so I'll reserve judgment at this point. Uh, I'll be testing both of these units fully and will share thoughts uh, both at MotoNZ.com and in a future uh, podcast episode. Uh, you can also check out the video on my YouTube channel. Just search T7 Adventures. Real. 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 Kiwi. Riders. Real. 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 Kiwi Riders. Real Kiwi Riders. All right, let's go down to the South Island. Nelson and West Coast is where he hails from. It's Pat Griffin. G'day, Pat. How you doing? Hey, Raymond. Good, thanks, man. Hey, uh, Thanks for having me on. I, I put a thing out on a, a few social media pages for people to talk to because we like to share stories. Kiwi writers is what we're all about. Uh, you messaged and said, yeah, keen to have a chat. So um, what do you ride? So I'm currently on a Suzuki DRZ400, and I've only owned it for about a week. Um... But I've just got back from America and I did quite a bit of riding over there. That's kind of where I started my whole motorcycle obsession. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, we'll, hmm. we'll get on to the DRZ400 um, shortly, but tell me about America. Yeah. Where, where were you? How'd you get into riding? Yeah, so I went over there. I've got a girlfriend who lives there and um, based in Florida. And I went, uh, when was it? Just before Christmas, about a year ago. And I had this idea that, oh, I'd be keen to do a bit of motorcycle stuff and um, try you know, potentially cross the country on a um, on a cruiser. I just always kind of thought it was a cool thing to see in the movies and hadn't had a lot of motorcycle experience, just kind of putting around um, off-road stuff in, around Nelson before I went over there, um, but no on-road experience or anything. So got there and um, thought, oh, heck, why not? Let's give it a go. So I found a, uh, I don't know, what did I do first? I went to Harley and did one of the basic riding courses and absolutely loved it. And I thought, okay, maybe this is my thing. And so I went off and found an old Honda Shadow, or oh, 1997, 1100 touring model. And I managed to talk the guy down and got a pretty sweet deal on it. And um, that's kind of where it all started. Yeah. Honda Shadow. 
Nice. And and when you're in the states, I mean, that is the way to do the states, right? On a cruiser, you wouldn't you wouldn't go over there on anything else. Well, yeah, that's what I thought. That was that was like I thought. Yeah, I've, I've got the perfect bike for this. It's got heaps of luggage space, and and I'm away. Really, I've got all my camping gear ready to go as well. And then I started hanging out with this this guy, Dustin, and um, he was he had a. Some sort of Honda um, off-road bike previously, and a couple of road bikes, and we surfed together, and that's how we kind of got got to know each other. And then I told him, "Oh, I just went and bought this bike," and he said, "Oh, I'd be keen to buy a bike." And then about a month later, I gave him a ride down to Daytona on the back of the Honda, and he picks up a Suzuki V-Strom 650, and um, got off a guy on Craigslist. And, and then he rode it back and it looked pretty cool and I had a wee spin on it. I thought, oh, this is this is quite quite different. This, it's certainly not the not the um, kind of weight and the uh, noise of the Honda Shadow, but um, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. And then we went for another ride one day and he started going off the road and onto gravel paths. And I kind of got a bit jealous and I thought, oh, that, that looks fun. And so... <laughs> I went and sold the Honda Shadow and bought a V-Strom 650. <laughs> oh, you can't go past a V-Strom 650. They're beautiful bikes. Yeah, and um, so we started scheming these trips, and the trip idea got bigger and bigger. And, you know, we started in Florida and started doing these camping overnight missions into the forest. It was basically riding through sugar sand the whole time or swamp. And so we got pretty good at picking up the bikes, Um and we kind of sussed out our camping gear and we both ended up kind of on this hammock camping um, idea that I've done a lot of in uh, Japan when I was cycle touring, um, not motorcycle, but on the push bike. So I was comfortable with the camping and he was kind of comfortable with the riding. So we kind of put us two minds together and um, decided to go on a big trip up to Georgia, up into the mountains and um, I was busy with, with a few things and he went up early and I met him up there and it was a blast. We did it for about a week and got home and said, well, oh, what's the next one? And so we said, oh, how about um, we ride to New York from Florida? So quite a quite a big trip really and that's, um, that's where our big adventure kind of started. Yeah. So the Florida, just so we get this in our minds, yeah. uh, for people who don't understand or aren't completely up to date with the lay of the land in, in yeah, the US yeah. Bay, Florida's that kind of jutty out bit on the right-hand side at the bottom, and right, New York's yeah. um, on the same side of the country but further up near the top. That's right, yeah. So basically we're trying to ride the whole East Coast, um, and we kind of got it – you know, sat down and wrote out a gear list and then we're like, oh, well, where are we actually going to ride? You know, we, we can't just ride the highway the whole time because we've got these, um, well, we thought were, you know, pretty capable adventure bikes. And so we um, got onto these BDRs, if you've heard of them, the backcountry discovery routes all across America and they're basically designed for these kind of bikes and um uh, mostly off-road and this one that we did that we chose to do was about a thousand miles um on and off-road throughout basically from or oh, where was it virginia through um north carolina um up through pennsylvania and all the way through all those states up to new york and it was um yeah quite a quite a good goal we thought and we thought we'd go up and ride the blue ridge parkway which you've probably heard 
about and um, and kind of link up a few cool roads and stuff. And, and that was our plan set. So, yeah. Brilliant. So, what kind of terrain was that? Was it gravel like you get, you know, um, through, you know, the, the central top of the South Island? Or are we talking that, that sandy, marshy stuff? It, or? it was a lot of different terrain. I mean, on the way up, we, you know, did kind of 400-mile uh, day on the highway to get up into the mountains. And then once we're there, it was the first part through the Blue Ridge is all road and then we obviously went off in forestry roads and stuff to camp on and then it kind of turned into this like clay all all the way through like Virginia and West Virginia and then a lot of like rocky river crossings and yeah I just remember lots of rocks and lots of mud <laughs> um, and then you'd pop off onto a highway and link it up to the next part of the track but we ended up um, the whole trip took about a month Um and we probably covered, uh, I don't know, close to 5,000 miles. Yeah. 5,000 miles. I, I hear the 5,000. So, I'm like, oh, yeah, 5,000 Ks get cool. Oh, hang on. That's miles. That's, yeah, that's oh, more. What's that in Ks? It must be, it must be I don't know, 7,000 something. I don't know how that converts. But, yeah, a fair, fair distance for someone who hasn't really done much riding. <laughs> it's a good distance. I, I'd call you uh, probably a pretty ac- accomplished uh, adventure rider now then. After that, I um, yeah, a bit more confident than when I started on that on the shadow, yeah, um, and so yeah, kind of that's how it all began, and we kind of took off on this trip, and um, yeah, we kind of learnt a lot very quickly about you know the bikes, weather, camping, um, campfires, and the rain, and all all the rest, but it was just um, one crazy thing after another really we had lots of challenges and mishaps and mechanicals and yeah it was a it was a proper adventure <laughs> how did the bike fare did you have to do many modifications to the bike or was it box standard what, what, what was the yeah there? so we were basically on identical bikes dusty had a um a slightly older one i had the abs model like 2011 we picked them up. I got mine for about three and a half grand US, and he paid about two for his. And his had these big um, ammo cans on the side as his pannier racks, like really big boxes. And they were great for storing gear, but not great because you couldn't take them off. And we ended up doing some really tight tracks and stuff. So my one had removable ones, but they were quite. Uh, fragile it turned out when I started dropping the bike and they started cracking but we both put a pretty aggressive knobbly tire on the back and led the front pretty um, pretty road orientated and throughout the trip we're kind of saying oh I wish we had a knobbly front or you know um, depending on the terrain but that's pretty much how we got them and we put big skid plates on them which um which was probably the best move we made in the whole trip. Um, <laughs> one of the skid plates actually basically ripped in half by, I don't know, about three weeks in. So, yeah, it was um, yeah pretty interesting, really. Like, great bikes, but really heavy. <laughs> yeah, the V-Strom's not known for being a lightweight, but it's definitely, um, that 650 has got a good bit of torque, a good bit of grunt for what it is, really, doesn't it? Yeah, that was that was what we were saying. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to call it an off-road machine, but, you know, we were doing some big um, trips on the road, and we were so glad we had the 650 and not something smaller. Um, 
and yeah, it's it's a it's a great bike. I mean, for the price and everything, we were pretty happy with them. And they made it. You know, we got back to Florida in the end. Um, yeah, it was it's awesome. Okay, so you did a, a month long trip, Florida to uh, to to New York. The bikes made it, and obviously mm-hmm. got back as well. Um, yeah. Did you did you sell the bike before you came back to New Zealand, or have you still got it? Yeah, I, I sold the bike um, shortly after I got back because I was trying to get a spot on MIQ, and um, so I sold the bike, and and then it turned out it was very hard to get home at the time, um, and uh, I got a got a good price for the bike, and um, but then I had no vehicle, so I ended up borrowing a good mate of mine's Ducati. Um, kind of sport bike and that was a whole nother experience <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a, a polar opposite from the v-strom right? so we, we've gone a big heavy cruiser to a v-strom to a 848 yeah so it was <laughs> uh, well, what, what kind of riding did you do on the on the chiquetti did you uh oh it was basically riding to to my friend's house and just commuting it was a it was very uncomfortable um and in Florida, especially where we were living, kind of north Florida to the beaches, there's lots of traffic lights. So it was it was pretty criminal to be on a bike like that, to be honest. And I had no no place to be on a bike like that in the first place. So I rode it like a nana, but yeah. <laughs> and then you got back to Kiwiland and decided that you needed another bike. Yeah, yeah. So got into Christchurch, did the whole um, MIQ, had a good experience, to be honest, and then back to Nelson where my folks are living and um, I thought oh something's missing here <laughs> and uh, I found a guy uh, selling a uh, DRZ 400 and yeah, it was a pretty fair fair deal so I snapped that up and um, yeah just trying to figure all, all that out now so I've had a real mixture of rides lately. <laughs> just before we dive into what you're riding now uh, and yeah. slightly off topic of motorcycles, what was it like to live in the States during the pandemic with what I can only imagine is is very different um, approaches to controlling the outbreaks um, over there? Yeah, so I thought you might have asked this question, and I, I generally get asked this question once a day. <laughs> um, but... My experience was so not what I expected. I was very, I was actually quite scared going over there, um, but I knew it was what I wanted to do. And um, yeah, it was just a completely different approach to what New Zealand had, especially Florida. You know, it was, it was this kind of rebellious state that just said, bugger it, let's just continue living. Um, so I got there and I was basically the only one wearing masks. Um, which was quite kind of spooky to me because, you know, you get a lot through the media and um, and understandable, it's a nasty, nasty virus. And um, so that was strange getting used to it. So it kind of took a few weeks to kind of chill out and um, kind of, um, yeah, start living normally. But the, the States was, yeah, it's very different, you know. It's 52 countries in one, basically. California's... T- total opposite to florida but um you know there's still bars playing live gigs and football games and concerts and everything going on throughout the whole time um and once that delta went through when i arrived um everyone got it basically um and then you know um with a bit of luck they they kind of got out 
the other end of Delta. And and then as I was leaving the country, that's when Omicron kicked off um, and they used the same system, which was just everyone gets it and then, you know, self-isolates and moves on. Um, so, yeah, it was it was really odd, especially talking to my family back home and they, they were like, oh, okay, and, you know, we're, we're in lockdown now. Oh, we're in lockdown again. And, yeah, so it was really, really different, hey? Did you catch it in the end? I think I did, yeah, yeah. I think I got Delta. Um, didn't get Omicron because uh, that was kind of just starting and I was – being quite careful towards the end um, to get back into New Zealand, you know, it was so hard getting an MRQ spot. And so you wouldn't want to test positive at the border or anything. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was, it was an interesting year, but we achieved a lot, um, especially on this motorcycle trip, you know, and all the other trips we did, because it was just basically me and Dusty um, out in the bush, camping and having a good time yeah so it was um a good way to spend the year sounds like you live the dream let's talk about that drz 400 um is it is it yeah. is it super motard set up or has it got some noblies what what are we talking it's the e-model um pretty off-road orientated um it's got a few little bits and bobs on it but um yeah i've just been loving it eh? and it feels like a mountain bike compared to the um v-strom <laughs> it's just so light you know and i got went down the west coast up up to uh uh Seddonville near the old ghost road and got stuck on the beach in some sand and i thought oh man i'm in trouble here i'm by my own and i just stepped off the bike and walked it out i couldn't believe it <laughs> <laughs> i just i just forgot that motorcycles can actually get out of that stuff <laughs> especially like little 400s man and they'll go forever oh, too yeah right? Yeah, it's it's a beast of a machine, and you know I don't I'm no expert, that's for sure. You know I've only done about a year of solid riding, but um, everyone I met said, yeah, the DRZ 400 is great, and if you can get the E model, even better, um, because they don't have them over in the states because of the uh, regulations over there, the uh, emissions law. Yeah, brilliant. What's next? Where where, where to? Yeah. Where, where, what's your bucket list in, include? Well, I think I need to do a bit of riding around New Zealand. I was trying to sort out the rainbow ride the other day, but now this weather's come through, so that's kind of put a stop to that. I saw you guys um rode. You did the Molesworth as well, didn't you? We did the Molesworth and the Rainbow this time last year. Um, oh, okay. And that was uh, that was a beautiful time to be doing it. Um, I see both roads have been, uh, you know, uh, they've got a checkered few months this year, uh, with open, open, uh, op- being open and enclosures as well. But um, you're in a beautiful position there uh, in Nelson, where you can go do things like Mangatapu over to Polaris. Yeah, um, yeah, there's just oodles, isn't there? Um, it's almost a bit overwhelming, to be honest. <laughs> definitely. Um, there's yeah, some good I, groups around the yeah. upper South Island as well. Good Facebook groups of people that are out there doing it all the time and full of knowledge. Wicked. So, um, I, yeah. the one that I'm on that I see, I get jealous every time I see people out doing things is the, uh, the upper South Island riders or something to that nature. And, uh, yeah, Mangatapu is one that I see people doing all the time. Um, and there's some more kind of, um, between St. Arnold and, and the state highway there as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was looking at that uh, Deniston Trail as well um, from 
basically Westport over to the Buller Gorge. That looks like an awesome trip. Yeah. And then um, when you get sick of that, you yeah. can go further south and you can do all the uh, Canterbury and Central Otago trails. Um, but it's only, a, what is it, about $111 to get a bike and a person on a on a ferry and you can come north and do some of the ones up here. Yeah, that would be awesome, eh? I'd love to do something I mean, like that. Compared to Florida to New York, that's just a, a oh, skip over a puddle. Yeah, exactly, yeah, that's a walk in the park. Um, and... Yeah, I, I just love – it's just amazing being so close to the trails, you know. I've been loving the West Coast on the bike, um, just, you know, every little forest road and it's just awesome. But, yeah, you're right. In Florida, you, we had to drive a long way to get to the mountains, you know. It was a solid day from, you know, f- 4 a.m. to almost sundown to get to our campsite up in the mountains. So, yeah, we're, we're very lucky in New Zealand. Too right. Um, Pat Griffin, hey, thank uh, you yeah. very much for your time, taking the, chat, the time to have a chat with us on the podcast. I feel like we've only just scratched the surface of some of the stories that you've got to tell. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. I'll, I'll get you to send us through some photos. We'll chuck them up on our social media uh, and you can check out um, a few of those and, and, and hopefully we can drill you for some more stories down the track. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks, man. I really appreciate your time. And um, it's cool seeing a, a great little podcast starting up. Um, but yeah, I hope hopefully see see a few of the listeners out on the trails um, over the next few months. And that about wraps up the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with us, ask any questions, join the conversation, whatever it might be, love to hear from you, email me, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. That's podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. You can also search Kiwi Rider Podcast on any social media platform you're on. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and a few others in there as well. Just search out Kiwi Rider Podcast, popping out the content and uh, giving you a heads up as to what you can expect in future episodes. A little bit of behind the scenes up and our social media as well if you'd like to get in touch with me personally i'm on uh, instagram under t7 adventures and the youtube channel uh, you can go to youtube.com forward slash c forward slash t7 adventures or just search for t7 adventures love to have you along for the journey uh, lots of cool stuff going up there every single week matt's website is on throttle.co.nz the hub for all things uh, that is on the podcast is moto nz and check out the latest edition of Kiwi Rider magazine, completely digital and absolutely free for you to read. KiwiRider.co.nz is the website there. Otherwise, this is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Keep the rub side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. This episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast was brought to you by Shiny Side Up. Join the Shiny Side Up team for a very special live stream event on the 10th of April for a chance to win your share of over $8,000 worth of prizes. We'll be joined by some awesome local and international motorcycling experts such as Chaotic Blonde, Sam McCafferty, Andrew Stroud, Kevin Williams, Dr. Chris Huron, Jay Reeve and Charlie Borman. Shiny Side Up Online, April 10th, 2022. Proudly brought to you by Ride Forever, ACC, Waka Kotahi New Zealand Transport Agency and MSAC. For more information, check out the Shiny Side Up Facebook page or shinysideup.co.nz. And thanks for supporting Kiwi Rider Podcast.